Welcome to a special edition of 1010 Thrive, part of our series, Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. Under the rule of King Hammurabi, Babylon became the capital of Babylonia and eclipsed the Sumerian capital, Ur, as the region's most powerful city. Estimates suggest Babylon may have reached a population of over 200,000 during this period, making it likely the largest city in the world at the time. After a period of decline following Hammurabi's death, Babylon regained its prominence under the Neo-Babylonian Empire. This era saw renewed growth and development, with King Nebuchadnezzar II undertaking extensive construction projects to rebuild and glorify the city. It became famous for its impressive sculptures, magnificent palaces, processional walkways, and grand structures like the Ishtar Gate and the fabled Hanging Gardens. It was the seat of an empire that stretched from Mesopotamia in the north to Egypt in the south, to Anatolia in the west, to the Persian Gulf in the east. As such, it was of tremendous political and diplomatic importance, home to the rulers of the kingdom and the place where grave decisions about war and peace were made. In addition to its beauty and majesty, Babylon was also well protected. Archers kept watch from fortified towers and the city itself was surrounded by impregnable walls, built primarily to discourage the advancing armies of the Medes and Persians. Our story takes place on a night in late summer. By this time, Nebuchadnezzar, the great warrior king, has died, and his grandson, Belshazzar, has ascended to the throne. The empire is at its zenith of power and prosperity, and Belshazzar is reveling in his own self-importance. He decides to hold a banquet, to showcase his wealth and power. Good citizens of Babylon, welcome to a night of merrymaking such as has never been seen before in this kingdom. We shall honor the mighty bell with the sound of the trumpet. We shall praise the fair Ishtar with the lute and the harp. We shall glorify the life-giving Shamash with stringed instruments and flutes. We shall magnify the wise Nabu with high-sounding cymbals. Let the drums pound a powerful rhythm let music flow through the grand halls. Tonight, bathed in the gentle glow of the moon, we will banish the shadows and chase away worries. We shall sup on the finest food, get drunk on the tastiest wine. We shall let revelry hold sway. Your guests are hungry, Your Majesty. Perhaps this speech could be made a little while later. Ah, yes, dear. Tonight, the gods and goddesses will smile on us all. As you raise your cups... Let also your voices rise, and let this night of merriment soar. And now, my fair wife, we eat. Here comes your chief vizier, Hargate. With a procession of cooks following behind him. O king, live forever. The food and wine has been tasted, and it is now ready for your lips. Tender young lamb, sourced from the finest Mesopotamian flocks. Slow roasted over aromatic coals until beautifully browned and juicy. Earthy brown lentils and plump chickpeas, cultivated in the fertile plains, simmered in a rich broth infused with warming spices of cumin, coriander, and turmeric. Succulent cuts of beef, marinated in a blend of zesty garlic, ginger, and paprika, skewered and grilled over open flames. 
As the meat cooked, I sprinkled toasted sesame seeds to add a delightful textural contrast and nutty aroma. Ripe figs, sourced from sun-drenched orchards, gently roasted and drizzled with a luxurious honey glaze, creating a caramelized sweetness. Served with a dollop of creamy sesame seed paste, made from finely ground sesame seeds and olive oil. A basket of refreshing pomegranates from Gilead, white grapes, and mulberries, on a bead of myrrh and sweet cane. Bread, baked fresh this very morning in the clay ovens, made with the finest local wheat, barley, and millet flour. Full, red wine, squeezed under the feet of a thousand slaves from the winepresses of Sidon. A feast most deserving of a king. A feast most deserving of the king of kings. The night air hung heavy in the small room Daniel shared with his friends, fellow captives from Judah, and also high-ranking wise men in the Babylonian court. They were called by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The distant sounds of revelry from the palace filtered through the thin walls, a stark contrast to the quiet contemplation within. The celebration seems grand tonight. Do you think the king invited everyone? Doubt it. We wouldn't be here if that were the case. They have their feasts and we have ours. We feast on prayer and faith, while they indulge in fleeting pleasures. Still, a part of me wonders what it's like. The music, the laughter. We have our own joys, my friend. Joys that come from a higher source than earthly festivity. Besides, who needs their celebrations when we have the company of each other and the assurance of God's presence? My friend, you speak the truth. Our bond is far stronger than any temporary merriment they may experience tonight. I agree, but I can't help but feel a sense of unease. Something about this night feels different. You think something might happen, Daniel? I can't say for sure, but God has placed us in Babylon for a reason, and I have a feeling our faith will be tested again soon. We've faced trials before, and with God's help, we will face them again. Together as brothers. A moment of comfortable silence settled upon them broken only by the distant echoes of the celebration. Remember, brothers, no matter what comes our way, our faith in God remains unshaken. He will be our strength, our refuge, and our ultimate deliverer. Meanwhile, in the palace... Hagi, bring me the golden and silver vessels which my grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, seized from the Temple of Jerusalem that I and my princes and our wives and concubines might drink therein. But your majesty, these vessels are under lock and key. Your grandfather promised not to desecrate them in homage to the God of the Hebrews. My father and grandfather are both dead, and who am I? Am I not the king of kings, supreme ruler of the realm? Bring me the vessels, and spare not a moment. The servants brought the gold and silver vessels that had been taken from the Hebrew temple, and the king and his lords and their wives and concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of sky and sea, the gods of wood and stone, the gods of seed time and harvest. As the Babylonians were feasting and drinking, not more than five miles without the walls of the city, Cyrus, king of Anshan, was making ready an attack. The core of his army consisted of Persian troops from various regions within the Achaemenid Empire which encompassed a vast territory stretching from Anatolia to Central Asia. There were also troops from remote Median towns and villages. Mercenaries from various conquered or neighboring territories had also signed on for this campaign. Some of the warriors had been days without food, meager supplies having been exhausted. 
My friends and brothers in arms, I know that you are hungry. Let your bellies grumble, for they will be empty but a little while longer. Tonight we will eat from the chalices of dead men. The fresh blood of our enemies will be gravy for our venison. We shall drink our fill from the goblets of Belshazzar. Take heed, men. The fair fruits of Babylon are ripe for the plucking. We have followed you low these many months. You have led us to victory after glorious victory. We shall march behind you, whatever the odds. We shall march behind you, and we shall valiantly fight. What do you say, men? What do you say, army of victors? Now, that we have you alone, your majesty, do I have permission to speak freely? Permission granted. Your words sound sweet in the ears of the hopeful, but we who are more practical are wary of ambitious promises. True, we have conquered many a foe. No soothsayer could have foretold the magnitude of our success. But our past fights have been with the lesser powers of Asia Minor. We have encountered no foe as mighty as the Babylonians. I too am a man of practical thoughts. Though I fear no one and would gladly match sword and spear with the minions of Babylon, I must concede that the city is invincible. There is little chance of breaching its defenses. Do you think of me as an empty shell, a man of foolish bravado? I have devised a plan. We shall not seek to scale the walls, for I concur such a strategy would be folly. No, we shall dig trenches, drain the moats, and enter beneath the city's walls. We will have surprise on our side, and we will likely find sentries drunk from the festivities of the evening. As I speak, thousands of foot soldiers dig away, under the cover of darkness. It seems that your plan is merit-worthy. I shall alert the archers, and I myself shall lead them. Offer a word of prayer to Ahura Mazda. To be continued.